God's word. If you're ready to get in it, somebody shout, bring it on. I want you to look to Exodus chapter three. I'm ready to make a deposit in you today. How many of you can testify this morning that God has been faithful to you? Oh, that's about 80%. That's a B. We ought to be an A+. Plus. I said, how many of you can testify today that God has been faithful to you? Come on. Even when you go through seasons that don't make any sense, you ever been there? <laughs> yeah, praise God. Where you're going through something and you say, man, I don't understand it. Because life is a series of ups and downs. It's, it's, it's highs, it's lows, it's great days, it's days that we don't understand. But we have to choose joy. We have to say, God, am I going to be captured in a moment that is negative? Or am I going to choose to remember all the times that you have brought me through and you have made a way? So I have made up in my mind, my week has been peaks and valleys. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just Jim Rayleigh, just, just a regular guy like you. I've had some of the greatest times this week and some of the most challenging times. But my God has been faithful all the time. And the truth of the matter is, this is us. This is Calvary. We're, 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 we're all different places in life. You got people here that are on the mountaintop. You got people here who are fighting. Come on, tooth and toenail, my dad would say. But the truth is, whether we're on the mountain or on the valley, we're diverse, we're different, we're all different backgrounds, hallelujah, all different faces and places, but this is us, hallelujah, and we belong to the Lord, and we're doing life together. How many of you glad to be in a church where you're doing life together, amen? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach right now, but I want to say this, the older I get, the more concerned I become about what I'm leaving behind about what the, the, the impact that I'm making. And that's why we're doing small groups. That's why we're in this season. Because God is about to use everyone in this room. As you connect, man, you're gonna be a blessing to folk. So if you're ready, shout, bring it on. We're looking at Exodus chapter three. It says, now Moses, verse one, was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back, one translation said, to the back side of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. Check this out. But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them 
out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people out. Come on, that you may bring my people out, the children of Israel. I want to preach to you for, along these lines for just a few minutes. When you come out, come on now, bring somebody with you. Hallelujah. I said when God brings you out, don't come out by yourself. Bring somebody with you. How many of you are going to bring everybody with you you can in the name of Jesus? Slip up your hands. Father, thank you for fresh oil and new anointing today. Lead us and teach us by your word in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a great big praise. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, one thing that I am determined to do is pastor a church where we understand that God has called us to fellowship, that we are to be connected to him. We learned that last week when we talked about the name Yahweh. How many of y'all remember that? That we are to be connected to God. He made us to fellowship with him, but then he also made us to fellowship with each other. And we established this last week because the truth is, life is better together. I've learned to appreciate real good normal. Come on, somebody. Normal. Thank God for normal. How many of you are looking for normal in the next season? Normal people to be in relationship with who love Jesus. And we're in this season now where we're encouraging people to get involved in small groups. And we're going to take this Calvary experience of love all throughout our community. Who can believe with me that in the seasons to come, we're going to have 5,000 people in groups all over our region? Shout if you'll believe it with me. Okay, that was some of you. I said, shout if you'll believe it with me. That's more like it. Now, here Moses is, and I want to talk about Moses, and I'm preaching when God brings you out. Has he brought anybody out? When God brings you out, bring somebody with you. And you know, there are times in life when just like Moses, we find ourselves in the desert. And it's interesting to me that Moses in our text is not just in the desert. Check it out, y'all. He's in the backside of the desert. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be at the backside of anything. Can I get a witness in the house? But he's in the backside of the desert. And I think that's how I am, man. In my life, I don't just wind up in the desert. It seems like there are times I get in the backside of the desert. I can't have problems like everybody else. I, I got to have backside of the desert problems. Can I get a witness? I, I got 12 people honest. Do, do you ever look at some of your problems and say, am I the only one who goes through stuff like this? Is my, is my family the only family that is this dysfunctional? Can I get a witness in the house? So, so, you know, you just go through these times where you feel like, man, I'm not just in the desert. I could take the desert, but I'm on the straight backside of the desert. And here Moses is. He's in this dry, desolate, rugged, harsh backside of the desert. And in fact, he's at a place called Horeb. 
And if you look at Horeb, it literally means parts, desolate, dried up, decaying. And here he is in a hard place, but check it out. He's in a hard place. I'm going to make religious folk mad now. But he's in the will of God. Oh, my, my, my. He's in a difficult season, but he's in the will of God. See, the truth is, folks that have been saved a while and can look back on your life and know how God used your desert, you can say amen to a statement like this because you've been there. See, beloved, there are times that we, can't de we can declare that, that we have gone through the desert and we have gone through trouble, but God used that trouble in our life to, to make us what he wanted us to be. Be. See, so many times we try to say, well, I must be out of God's will because I'm going through trouble or tribulation. But hear me in this room. There are times when you're going through trouble and you're not out of God's will. You're actually growing up. There are times when you're in the desert, when you're not out of God's will, God is preparing you for something great. And there are some things that you can't find out about God until you go through the desert. There are some things that you can't find out about yourself till you go through the desert. So what seems like a senseless season, one day in Jesus' name, it will make sense to you because God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste any trial, any tribulation, any circumstance, any situation. Even if you're in a desert right now, stop saying I'm out of God's will and say, God, what are you trying to show me? What do you want to, what do you want to put in me that is going to be necessary for my next season? See, here's the truth. God will show you great things in the desert. The Bible said in Exodus 3, 3, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. Now, now here Moses is in the backside of the desert. He's in the parched place. He's in the thirsty place. He's in the desolate place. He's in a dry place. But God said, I'm going to use this to show you something great. See, in the desert, his senses were sharp. In the desert, the distractions were removed. In the desert, he got ready to see what he couldn't see until he was in the desert. See, sometimes you don't see what you need to see until God gets you by yourself. Sometimes the distractions are too much for you and you can't know him like he wants you to know him because you're too busy knowing everybody else and knowing everything else. But God will pull you aside and say, I'm going to get you in the desert because in the desert I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you what your purpose is and I'm going to show you what I'm able to do through you. Here's what Moses said. Moses said, I will now turn aside, watch, and see this great sight. While he's in the desert, God wants to show him this great sight. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody has had a desert season, and you think it's a desert dilemma. You think you're going to die in the desert. But I've come to tell you that your desert is a destiny of de uh, the desert of destiny. It's a desert of development. God is going to use what you've been through to prepare you for what you're going to. Hallelujah. But here's what he said. He said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. This is critical because it's time to turn aside. This man had to turn aside to see this great sight. How many people want to see great things, but they don't want to turn aside? They don't want to turn aside from sin. Oh, preach, Pastor Rayleigh. 
They don't want to turn aside from compromise. They don't want to turn aside from racism or division or lust or addiction. But if you're going to see what God wants you to see, at some point you got to turn aside. Turn aside from the drama. Turn aside from the anger. Turn aside from the unforgiveness. Could it be the thing that might be holding you back from what God has for you and what he wants to show you is that you are so mesmerized by what's in front of you, you can't see the great thing that is just off to the side. God said, if you'll turn away from what you've been looking at for so long, I'll show you something you've never seen before. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing the same old, same old. I'm tired of going through the same old, same old. I'm ready to see the Lord do something new. I want him to do it in my family. I want him to do it in my life. Some of you have been in a desert, but get ready. God is about to tell you it's time to turn aside because you're going to see something new. Who's ready to see some new things in 2018, some great things? See, God only allows you to experience the desert because he desires to show you something great. And I want to see the great things that God has for me in this next season. Hallelujah. Now, now Job said, Job said it like this. He said, listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of the Lord. See, see you may be here today and you feel like you're in a desert dilemma, but get ready for God to show you something great. You need to stand still and consider the wondrous works of the Lord. Now, I want to break this down real quick. The, the book of Job said stand still. That means to remain to endure, to take one stand. You're saying, even though I don't see what I want to see yet, I'm not giving up. I'm standing that all of my children will be saved, that I will experience breakthrough, that I will experience every promise of God. You got to endure, honey. You got to stand. You got to take a stand concerning your family. You got to take a stand concerning your destiny. You got to take a stand concerning your anointing. You got to take a stand concerning every promise of God. Tell your neighbor, I'm taking a stand. Yeah, yeah. It might be tough, but you got to stand. It might get hard, but you got to stand. It might get crazy, but you got to stand. It might get dry, but you got to stand. You ain't seeing no change, but you got to stand. You're hearing the same stuff, but you got to stand. It's still difficult, but you got to stand. He's still acting like a fool, but you've got to stand. You ain't got the money yet, but you got to stand. The door hadn't opened yet, but you got to stand. Your family hasn't shifted yet, but you got to stand. See, there are some people in this room today you're like me you have made up in your mind that you are going to stand is there anybody that's going to stand until you see what God has promised you so the Bible said stand still watch this and consider consider is a very powerful Hebrew phrase phrase there it means you need to discern and understand and have insight yeah. in other words you got to see beyond just the moments you got to see beyond just the circumstance and at church you got to know that that even though you may have desert times you got to consider discern and understand and have insight that there's more going on than what you realize 
Can I talk to somebody? I want to tell you that God is moving behind the scenes. I want to tell you that God is moving in ways that you don't even know anything about. God is touching what you can't touch, shifting what you can't shift, moving what you can't move. God is there. He's dealing with it. He's, he, he's contending with it. There's conviction that you don't know anything about happening right now with your family. There's, there's thoughts and situations and circumstances that God is orchestrating. There's things being set up right now that you don't even know anything about something is going on behind the scenes somebody give God praise if you serve a behind the scenes God yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know who I'm talking to but some of y'all want to sit out here and act like you prayed and fasted and believed every breakthrough you ever had in your life and you knew it was coming but hear me in this room there are times when you see God move so suddenly so completely and so absolutely that you said God I thought you wouldn't even know where I was but you were working behind the scenes all the time Now, here's what he said. He said, stand still and consider, watch this, the problem, the issue, the drama. No, the wondrous works of God. The Hebrew, there, it means the marvelous works of God, the wonderful works of God, the extraordinary works of God. Stand still and consider the marvelous, wonderful, and extraordinary works of God. Remember what God has already done. Remember how faithful God has already been. Remember how powerful God is. See, in our point passage, Moses catches a glimpse of something wonderful, something miraculous. There's a dry, thorny bush in the desert. And what's happening here is that the bush is on fire. Now, what is unusual about this is not the fire in the desert. There's often fire in the desert because the desert is dry. And any time there's lightning, if lightning hits something dry, it'll catch it on fire. And you always can see a fire in a dry bush in the desert. But watch this. The issue was not that the bush was burning, but that the bush was burning and not being consumed. Jesus, Jesus, there's two directions I can head there. See, the miracle is that the bush was burning, but it wasn't burning up. Have you ever seen folks catch on fire at church? They get, some, they get a little touch of God, and all of a sudden they're on fire, but the fire goes out before they can get in the car because they read a text. Come on, somebody. Or because they get a Facebook message. I wish I could talk to real people. And the fire is it's put as fast as it started, it stopped. But here's the truth. God is about to raise up a generation of people who don't just catch on fire, they stay on fire. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to show a world that I don't just burn at church? I burn outside the building. I burn when I leave the room. Hallelujah. That's the real miracle of what God is able to do. So here this bush is. It's burning, but it's not burning up. And Moses said, man, I got to see this. I've got to see this. Now let me ask you, in context with what I'm teaching today, have you considered, <laughs> have you considered the wondrous works of God in your life? Have you thought about how good God has been to you? Have you considered how many times God has made a way? How many times God has brought you through? Moses said there's something going on. I got to see this. See, how many times have you been in the desert place 
and literally dealing with fire. Fiery trials, fiery afflictions, fiery problems, fiery issues, but you were not consumed. You may have been in the fire, but you were not consumed. You may have dealt with the fire, but you were not consumed. And one of the devil's great frustrations this morning, even right now, is the fact that you have been on fire and you are even smoking right now, but you have not been consumed. You are still in the game. You are still serving God. You are still trusting the Lord. Somebody give him praise if you understand what I'm declaring. Tell your neighbor, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, it might be smoky, but I'm still here. My children ain't saved yet, but I'm still here. I've been through trouble, but I'm still here. I hadn't seen all I want to see, but I'm still here. One, two, three, give God a shout. Some of you say, well, Pastor, I'm looking for a miracle in the desert. Where is it at? Because I'm tired of this mess. I'm tired of it, Pastor. Where's the miracle? I'm looking for it now. Get your neighbor by the hand. Shake them up. If their hair falls off, if it's good hair, put it in your purse and take it home with you. Come on. Shake your neighbor up and say, neighbor, you want to see a miracle in the desert? Come on, shake them up. Say, neighbor, one of the greatest miracles in your desert is you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's you. You had a hard year, but it's you. Everything didn't go right, but it's you. You've had to struggle, but it's you. It hadn't always been easy, but it's you. You are the miracle in your own desert. Been on fire. Been through trouble. But I'm my own miracle in my desert. Some of y'all say, God, show me a miracle. Look in the mirror. God, I need to know your power. Look in the mirror. God, are you moving? Look in the mirror. Oh, y'all didn't always come to early service. Somebody on your row was too hungover on Sunday morning to be. What has the Lord already brought you through? I said, what has the Lord already done for you? How good has God already been to you? I don't know who I'm talking to, but if God has sustained you in the desert, get ready to see more miracles in the desert. If you're in a desert season, it's time to start looking for a great thing. God is going to show some great things in this next season. Because here's what I know about God. God will speak to you in your desert seasons. Hallelujah. Watch this. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, it's important to God that you turn aside. <laughs> no, pastor, I can do whatever. No, you got to turn aside. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. The Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look God called. God used the desert season to get the attention of Moses. And nothing makes you desperate for God like the desert. You get ready to pray when things are going bad. Don't wait until it's a crisis to seek Christ. 
Don't, don't wait, don't wait until you're in trouble before you call on the name of Jesus. See, God took Moses through what seemed like a senseless season, but he used it to call him and to speak to him. And I love the fact that God will speak to us in a desert. I love the fact that when most people are ignoring us, God starts talking to us. When church folk act like they don't know you, when your friends don't text you back, when you wonder what in the world is up, you, when, when everything is going crazy, that's when God starts talking to you in the desert. God was in the desert wilderness of Horeb. He was in this place where there were no distractions. He was ready to hear God. He was willing to hear God, and he was able to hear God. And sometimes when we on the mountain, we can't hear God. Sometimes when everything is perfect, we can't hear God. Sometimes when things are going too good, and I'm not saying that things ought not go good, but I'm telling you this, if it goes too good, and it gets to a place where you are so mesmerized by the good things in your life, God will let you hit a speed bump just to show you they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. To show you that you are not your own source. God is your source. See, see, it's amazing how ready we get to hear the voice of the Lord when we get in the desert. Have you ever heard God speak to you in the desert? If you're in a desert season right now, start listening because I know this, God is speaking. God will take you through a desert season and he won't take you through that without some point speaking to you. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm listening. I'm listening, I'm listening. See, the truth is God calls the loudest in the desert seasons. My, my God, I think about when God called me in my desert season. Y'all, I was, I, was, I was away from God. I was backslidden. I was bound up. I was jacked up. I was in wrong relationships. I hadn't always been Pastor Rayleigh. Come on, somebody. I hadn't always been lover of John, father of children. I haven't always been who I am right now. There was a time when I was bound up and messed up and addicted and, and, and sold out to sin, but he called me in my desert season. He didn't just call me. He called me loudly and I remember my life was so messed up I said God you got my full attention and I came and I repented and I didn't put anything on the repentance see I used to say I'll never preach I'll, I told my parents I'll never be a preacher I said I'm gonna be successful I'm gonna make money I said all my life I've struggled I've watched dad struggle I'll never preach I'll never be a part of that but that day when he called I came just so glad to hear his voice that I said God whatever you want me to do that's what I'm going to be willing to do. Have you ever had God call you in the desert? Have you? Oh, Jesus, sit out there and be cute. But how many of you are glad that you heard him in the desert? I heard him when I was crazy. I heard him when I was a mess. I, I heard him when I was addicted. I heard him when I was rebellious. God will call the loudest in the desert. And in the desert, the distractions are removed. In the desert, you realize, my God, I'm thirsty. And it's dry. Hello, somebody. God calls the loudest in desert seasons. And here's what I love in this text. God said, Moses, Moses. He didn't just say Moses. He didn't say That was sign language. <laughs> he 
he called him obviously he said Moses Moses see, see he called him until he got his attention anybody glad that God is willing to call you as many times as it takes oh act like he only had to call you one time I feel like preaching act like he only act like he called yeah here I am no he had to call you and call you and call you I'm glad for a God that will call me till he gets my attention I'm glad for a God that will call me till I say here I am the Bible says in Psalm 62 11 God has spoken once twice I have heard that the power belongs to the Lord my God you better hear me even if you're in a desert season power belongs to God one translation says this God has said many times that power belongs to God if you're in a desert season God will call you not once not twice but many times is there anybody here who would admit that God called me many times? Would, would you admit that he called you when you weren't listening? He called you when you wouldn't say yes. He called you when you were ignoring him. He called you many times. He said, Jim, 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 Hey, Jim, 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 Hey, Jim, Hey, Jim, Hey, Jim, 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 hey Jim, 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 and suddenly I said, well, wait a minute, I gotta turn aside and I gotta see this sight because he is calling me. I dare you right now to give God a praise if he called you. Some of y'all say, I found Jesus, liar, liar, pants on fire. You didn't find Jesus, he was never lost. You were the one that were lost. He found you. He called you until you answered. Call you when you're acting crazy. Call you when you're in a desert. Call you as many times as it took. Because your neighbor is hard-headed. He called him. Moses said, I'm in the desert. Speak, Lord. Huh? You get in a bad enough situation, he starts calling. You're going to say, hey, come on with it. Speak, Lord. See, here's what the devil doesn't want you to know. Even if you're in the desert right now, I'm talking about saved. You know, you can be saved, purposeful, and in the desert. Here's what I found out in my life. Destiny is often desert delivered. Mm. There are things that I can't understand until I walk through deserts. There are things that I don't know about God until I walk through desert seasons. And here's the truth, I wouldn't be who I am today without my desert. I, I couldn't preach like I preach today without my desert. See, everybody wants the cute version of you. They want the version of you that is not broken. But see, here's what the enemy doesn't want you to know. You've been beautifully broken because your brokenness has created the opportunity that you have to let other, others know that you don't have to die in the desert, that you can find out who you are and find out God's plan for your life. 
Exodus 3.10 says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, in a nutshell, in verse 10, while Moses is in the desert, God delivered Moses his destiny. And look at me in the eyes. Some of you have been in a desert season. You've been in a desert dilemma. But God is going to speak to you in this season. And God is going to show you this is why I brought you through what I brought you through. This is why I've allowed you to get to this point because I have a destiny and a purpose for your life. See, I'm, I've been there. And let me ask real people. Have you ever had God use a desert in order to deliver your destiny? Have you ever had God use a hard time to show you that he is a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness? Have you ever had God show you in the desert that I really can do for you what you cannot do for yourself? God will use the desert to deliver your destiny. And look at what the destiny of Moses was. See, you really don't understand your purpose and, and God's plan until you face the desert and neither did Moses. God looked at Moses and said, bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. He said, I got a plan for you. I know you've had issues. I know you've had problems. I, I know you, you've had circumstances that, that have been rough in your life, but I've got a plan for you. Here's what I want you to do. Bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And you say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been in the desert too long. I, I can't do anything for God. I've been in this dry place too long. Are you kidding me? Moses was 80 years old when God called him. He had been in the desert for 40 years, but at 80 years old, <laughs> God said, man, I'm about to use you. He said, your greatest days are before you. And I want to tell you, no matter how long you've been in the desert, it doesn't matter how bad things have looked, you better get ready. You are not destined to stay in the desert. God is going to deliver you with a destiny. God said, I have laid my hands on you while you're in the desert. I didn't wait for you to get out of the desert before I laid my hands on you. I didn't wait till you got out of the trouble till I laid my hands on you. I didn't wait till everything was perfect. No, I got with you while you were in a mess. I got with you while you were dry. I got with you while you were. Oh, at church, you got to be good enough. Around religious people, you got to measure up. But God will go right to your dry place. He'll go right to your mess. And he'll deliver you with a destiny. Hallelujah. He said, I've laid my hands on you, son. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to deliver my people, the children of Israel, out of the hand of the Egyptians. As we peruse this text, it's obvious that Moses struggled with doubt, doubting himself, doubting his destiny. He said, I, I, he went Mel Tillis on him. Some of y'all don't know Mel Tillis. <laughs> Who don't know Mel Tillis? See, who knows Mel Tillis? Thank the Lord for old people. Praise God. 
He said, I, 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 can't, I can't speak. Uh, and he started making excuses. He started telling him why he couldn't do it. I just got, you know, I got out of there. I, they, they were hunting me. They were going to kill me. I, I killed a man there. He started, he started rehearsing all the reasons that he could not do it. But you've got to stop telling God why you can't. You've got to stop telling God that you're not able because if God says you can, you can. Hallelujah. Now, now here it is. Here, here Moses is. God has just said to him, Moses, here's your destiny. You got to bring the people out. They've been in bondage too long, son. He said, even though you're not there anymore, he said, you've come out from Egypt. He said, you got a purpose. You got a destiny. And your destiny is to bring the children of Israel out. Now, the Bible said in Exodus 2.10, watch how God set this boy up. He said, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So God called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out. I took him out. I drew him out. I brought him out of the water. And if you look at Moses' name, oh, Jesus, this is so good, I want to throw my shoe. If you look at Moses' name, Moses' name literally means brought out. It means pulled out. It means brought out. And if you study the life of Moses, you can see the preparation of God in his life. Remember, his name means brought out, and he had spent his life being brought out. He was brought out from his family. He was brought out of the river. Remember, he was brought away from his family. He, he, he was placed in the river. Then he was, he was pulled out of the river by, by the princes in Egypt, and he was brought out of the river. Then he was brought out of the palace because he had to flee, and he was brought out of the palace, and he was in the desert, and then he was brought out of the desert because he had a purpose. His whole life, he had lived this process of being brought out. And now at 80 years old, he discovers why he had gone through all that he had gone through and why he had continually been being brought out. He was brought out because his destiny was to bring others out. Here's the question. How can you bring someone else out if you've never been brought out yourself? I'm about to run down here and shout myself down. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, say neighbor. How can you bring someone else out if you haven't been brought out yourself? How are you going to help somebody else get out if you never come out of yourself? If you've never been brought out yourself, God brings us out in order that we might be able to bring somebody else out with us. Moses could do the work of a deliverer because he had been delivered himself. Church, listen to me. As Moses stood there, as he stood there in front of that burning bush and God said, hey, brought out. Hey, Moses, hey, brought out. I got a word for you. You're going to bring others out. Moses is standing there. And don't you know in that moment he had an epiphany. Don't you know suddenly every hard place that he had ever been through began to make sense to him. All of a sudden he said, that's why I had to walk where I had to walk. That's why I had to deal with what I dealt with. That's why my family gave me away. That's why I wound up in Pharaoh's house. That's why I've been in the desert. That's why I went through the trouble 
trouble. See, in that moment, he realized this was all part of God's plan. All the tough times, all the heartaches, all the long days and the lonely nights, it all made sense because he had been continually brought up because his destiny was to bring somebody else out with him. See, God has brought you out so you can bring somebody else out with you. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, when God brings you out, don't come out alone. Bring somebody with you. Yeah, 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 if God has brought you out, don't come out by yourself. Bring somebody with you. How many of you are gonna bring somebody with you? When God brings you out, bring somebody with you. Moses is standing there before the Lord. And suddenly every part of his journey begins to make sense. So this is why I went through that. So this is why my mother put me in a brush arbor and sent me down the river. So this is why I couldn't stay in that macked out palace. So this is why I wound up in the desert all his life he's been brought out all of his life God was constantly saying bringing you out here I'm bringing you out here I'm bringing you out here real often the journey that you've been on has a lot to do with your purpose and destiny you dealt with depression, but you've overcome it. Maybe God wants to use you to show others. I came out of depression, so can you. You dealt with addiction, insecurity, not feeling good enough, problems, rough home life. God said, I brought you out. But now, don't come out by yourself. Bring somebody with you. The older I get, the more I've come to realize it's my job to bring somebody with me. The older I get, the less concerned I am about titles, preaching gigs. Come on, y'all. Oh, wouldn't you love to preach here? Wouldn't you love? Listen, I'm cool with it. Whatever door God opens, I'm going to go through it. But I'm not eat up now I'm trying to find another place to preach. I preach at a good place every single Sunday. <laughs> I'm glad the phone rings, but if it didn't ring, I'm cool because I got you. I got you, babe. Come on.
What I'm concerned about is bringing people with me. I'm, I'm going to be in Israel in the next uh, couple weeks, and I'm excited about that. When I get back, I'm going to preach Winterfest. Uh, there'll be 12 to 50. I've heard 22,000, 17,000, 12,000, 15,000. I don't know how many is going to be there. 12,000 or 22,000. There's going to be a lot there. That's a bunch of people. You know what I'm preaching on? All these young people in Knoxville, Tennessee. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because can't nothing bring you out like the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? You imagine what it's going to be like that night, Bryce? When we have 15, 22, 58,000 young people. However, pray it in the Holy Ghost. In the Tennessee Coliseum, <laughs> lifting up the name of the Lord. <laughs> Say, well, Pastor, shouldn't you go there and just be cool and wear your ripped up jeans and tell a great story and all that? No, no, I'm going to go there and I'm going to talk about it. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You know what? Because I'm going to bring as many with me as I can. This is the purpose now of this new season. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I need a small group. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't need that. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about the people that you would impact just with your presence. Maybe somebody needs to hear your story. Maybe somebody you connect to. And so this is why in this next season, it's not, it's not about Jim Rayleigh. It's about you connecting to your purpose. Well, I can't, Pastor. I'm in the desert. Listen, if God can use Moses, he can use you. And you say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know, man. I'm not good with people. Moses stuttered. <laughs> Come on. And he stood before Pharaoh. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I don't, do, do I need to join? I, I, I'm not leading, but should I join? Absolutely. Get connected. Let's do life together. You say, well, what if there's weird people in the group? One more won't hurt. Come on. <laughs> one more, one more will hurt. I'm asking you as a spiritual father to help me in this. This is a big shift for Jim Rayleigh and a big shift for this church. And I've only done it because I feel like this is thus saith the Lord. I feel like I've been at the bush. I feel like the Lord has spoken to me. And I feel like the Lord has said that we don't need to contain all that God is doing in these four walls. That we need to move our influence to Starbucks, to Einstein's, to your home, to your community. You need to help me make this successful. And I'm asking you to join a small group would say, Pastor, what if I don't? I'll still love you. 
you'll be all right with me but I'm asking you to help me shift the culture I'm believing for 5,000 people could you imagine Pastor Don can you imagine if people start showing up and they see you with a small group with your Bible open or you're part of a small group and you got a small group leader and you're sitting in Starbucks there was a lady who said, I'm starting my small groups in, in Starbucks. And so she got her group together. And then she started, or, or, or uh, Panera, yes. You know, Calvary, we love to eat. I, I need to do the Kentucky Fried Chicken small group. Come on, y'all. But, uh, but she said, I went there and, and said, I, I went and asked different people if they'd like to join along, you know, with church people, would you like to join my group? One she had I went to this couple and they just told me off up one side and down the other and gave me all the reasons why they didn't want nothing to do with me and said I was almost defeated it seemed like but said I sat back down and this lady came up and she said I heard all that just happened she said you know what my husband just passed away I need to be connected I'll be the one that'll join your small group One hundred and sixty-three small groups. We got a racquetball group. Nineteen men have already said, and women, I reckon, I don't know, have said, I want to be a part of that. We got a small group where they're going to just shoot guns. They're going to go out and shoot guns. I know some of y'all said, oh, my goodness, they're shooting guns. Yes, they are. Hallelujah. If that, that floats your boat, glory to God. Go, go shoot a gun and say hallelujah. Praise God. I'm not upset about that. There's all kind of groups, Pastor Troy, there's interest groups, there's Bible study groups. You can sign up in the back. You can sign up on our webpage. But here's what I want you to do. When you come out, bring somebody with you. How many of y'all ready? All right, stand to your feet across the room. Hallelujah. I want to sing this. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, John. Thank you, Jesus. You're always good. You're always good. Your love endures. I give you praise. Somebody raise your hands and declare it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you're always good. You're always good. Your love endures. I give you praise. Come on, let's say that again, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Are you thankful that He brought you out today? Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're always good. You're always good. Your love endures. I hear. Can we raise it one time? Let's say it again. 